Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to Bravo and the Brits, the podcast with a distinctly English take on all things reality TV. I'm here with my crazy cat lady of choice, Faith Richardson. Hi. <laughs> what is the cat called? I need to know. So his official title is Maximilian. <laughs> and I wish I was lying. <laughs> official title? Yeah, so he's officially called Maximilian. He obviously just gets called Max, but for the most part, I just call him Mittens because he's really, like, pathetic and soft and fluffy. Oh, I love grey-haired cats. I do. They're like my little, like, kryptonite. Like, I I literally got him from a woman in Jasmine for, like, £10, and it's truly the best £10 I've ever spent. They're so soft. I don't know what it is about the grey fur that makes them so soft. No, he's literally, like, fluffy and, like, soft and, like, oh, I just love him so much. But yeah, he's like a massive, a massive wuss and gets bullied by all the other cats in the, in the estate. So I felt like he didn't deserve the title of Maximilian anymore. <laughs> You've stripped him of his, <laughs> of his title. Now he's mittens. He's going to have to earn it back. It's funny because Gucci kind of has the attitude of someone who should kind of own the block, but she's just completely incompetent. Oh. I mean... She's lived a blessed life, okay? We found her under the car. It was a cold oh, winter day and she was actually huddling in like the wheel. Oh. In the wheel. Oh, bless her. Oh, and I remember we found her and my dad was like, yeah, well, don't get too excited. She's probably from one of these houses, blah, blah, blah. But in my mind, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Because I always <laughs> used to wish for a cat. Like every time I blew out the candles on my cake, like it's all I oh. wanted in this world. And my parents were always like, we travel too much, even though we're all like massive cat people. Yeah. And so we found her huddled under the hood and we brought her in. And within 10 minutes, she was eating smoked salmon on the sofa with a bowl of cream. And, <laughs> you know, basically that's been her life ever since. And that's- she's just forgotten how to fend for herself. I mean, that is truly incredible. <laughs> that cat has like a better life than I do. <laughs> I know she really does. Uh, but she's she's quite she's a bit bitchy. She's not like the loveliest cat. You can you can get her on a good day. And when she's yeah. kind of dozy and sleepy, you can have like a nice cuddle with her. And when I spent I had one Christmas where I was just in the house by myself with her in Brussels and we kind of we had like a, an easing of tensions because I think she never really forgave me for leaving because yeah. we used to sleep together, you know, and then yeah. one day to the next I was off to uni and I think she regards me with suspicion since then. Um, so, you know. I think that's exactly what Max has with me as well. Like same thing, like he was very much like my cat, like he used to like slept in my bed every night. He would just follow me around the house. Like he was really like loving and affectionate. And then when I moved out, every time I come back, like he always gets really excited and he sleeps on my bed. But whereas he used to sleep like under the duvet next to me, he kind of curls up at the bottom. And as soon as I move, he just fucks off and goes and sleeps on my mom's bed now. And it's hard not to feel betrayed. Oh yeah, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, I love all those memes that are just like skeletons in chairs with a cat on the lap. <laughs> because that's how you feel. You're like, oh, I've been chosen. Yeah move <laughs> you know genuinely though people always sort of go like oh god like you end up like a lonely old cat lady and truly for like 99 like percent of my life I was like I can't think of anything better than living alone with a lot of cats what a dream 
No, I think it's great. And I also, okay, I mean, I have a theory about dog people. Now, look, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's a specific kind of dog person that is like, oh, I hate cats. I want to kill every cat that I see. Cats are stupid. And they're so kind of angry about it. And it's like, you're so angry because you can't get cats to submit to exactly what you want to do. And so I think that's why men and by and large dog people, right? Because they want someone that's submissive. They want something they can control and they want something that's going to kind of do their bidding and be unflinchingly loyal. Now I like that you have to kind of earn a cat's trust. I I respect that. I think that's an exceptional philosophy actually. And I think you're so right. Like I am like obviously we have dogs, but I am a cat person through and through like they're just to me they're just the best like the ultimate best pet and I like that they're aloof and they're independent and you kind of you know they'll come to you if they want attention and then they'll leave again because I just feel like that's exactly who I am yeah uh, well that's the thing and I think a lot of introverts like cats as a general rule it's because they're low maintenance as well do you know what I mean like dogs you have to walk them all the time and like they're always excited and they're always like full of energy and stuff whereas cats are just kind of like they're happy just being they don't need anything from you they just sleep, eat, get cuddled. I mean, that is, yeah, dream life. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your I dogs are super cute, though. But that's the thing. I think my only hesitation with getting a dog would be kind of the time commitment. Yeah, it's so much work. And I mean, to be fair, if I lived by myself, I would have 100% gone for, like, adopting old cats from the shelter rather than getting a dog. <laughs> oh I mean I I really wish that I could have cat sit for someone over quarantine I think that would have made my experience a lot a lot less oh absolutely trying um (laughs) but I I have to kind of bear in mind that it it is difficult when you have one and you want to go away and whatever so I kind of I'd rather just haul myself around as a cat sitter (laughs) my immediate friend group because I have a few people that have adopted cats in the wake of all of this so I'm kind of just like tweeting at them like hey let me know if you need someone (laughs) (laughs) I'm always available (laughs) I mean literally literally and I mean if your parents ever need someone although I probably can't get to them without driving so yeah no they're kind of far out and they have a dog as well so it would be Uh a whammy (laughs) (laughs) well they could drop the cat off with me (laughs) as long as it's an indoor one oh no that it's an outdoor one we have two actually but the other one's kind of a dick and doesn't like people so he's very rarely seen Oh, yeah, kind of a, a lone wolf. Yeah, he's very much just not interested in human contact of any kind. <laughs> so um, apologies for not putting out anything last week. So we actually recorded a guest episode um, and we ended up having technical difficulties that we just couldn't overcome. Um as you know, we're fairly new to this and we're kind of amateurs trying to edit and do audio and things like that. And it was just not salvageable. Um, and I won't share who the guest was in case down the line we're able to re-record. But I think for now, we're going to kind of just stick to it being us two until we're a bit more technically proficient. So anyway, uh, that's the delay. And then also we decided that we'd prefer to try and record um, during the week. So I don't think we have agreed on kind of a schedule for that yet. Um, But we just thought it would be better to keep the weekends clear going forward as lockdown is starting to ease. And then there's not that pressure for well, me in particular, to come into the office, um, even though I'm here every day anyways. I don't know why I'm saying that, but like it would be nice to have the option to not be here, I guess. Um, Absolutely. You need to give yourself a day off occasionally. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take this weekend off, as yeah. you know. So <laughs> treat yourself, girl. <laughs> treat myself. Um, so, yeah, we'll um, we'll let you know when we have kind of a proper schedule for that going forward. Now, just a couple of things. Have you seen Sonia's new face? I have seen Sonia's new face. <laughs> now, if this is the same face that she's got in the home testimonials for this episode, I think once the swelling's gone down, it looks pretty damn good. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I thought she looked amazing in the in her testimonial. Like, I kind of actually, it, it looked so good, I made a note of it. But I agree also, there's a lot of pictures floating around where I'm like, ooh. <laughs> something went around god it was just that one on instagram where she's kind of like it it all looks very strange you know it looks like she's been pinned back and yeah it it just looked kind of painful to be in that face or to be wearing that face (laughs) (laughs) yeah is is it the one where she's got like the um the hangover tablets Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah everything looks like it's that kind of very wind tunnel where it looks like puffy and tight and just like a little bit sore like when you have an allergic reaction Mm, but yeah yeah, if it it is like how it is in her testimonials now it's obviously gone down and she does look superb I have to say yeah I mean whatever she did to kind of rejig I (laughs) but I mean surely she can't have been getting sort of full-on surgery over this time or I I don't know in America maybe they were doing non-essential procedures but I don't really know what the deal is with that but obviously I don't know how long ago those photos were versus her te- obviously her testimonials being filmed in the last couple of weeks so it must have been before that I think <laughs> unless she's had something else done to it since then or maybe maybe if you're just paying for like a private cosmetic thing it it's a different yeah. kind of went ahead anyway yeah never really understand the American healthcare system so maybe it's just one of those things where it's like if you're private you can just go in and get it done anyway yeah (laughs) all you need to know about the American healthcare system is like if they're poor if you're poor you just get left to die even if you're not poor you're still gonna end up with like a 10 20 30k bill I just find it so bizarre so fucking bizarre I think it's awful I mean I was in a hospital last week and I can't even imagine like coming it was a bad enough experience as it was like yeah I mean it had a happy ending because ultimately they think they can do um some more surgery to kind of uh, ease my day-to-day pain which is great but I can't imagine like coming back from that and then just being faced with a bill yeah because then you have that thing of like yeah I'm alive and I get to have a better life but I'm also now just going to be broke for the rest of my life yeah it's oh god I remember a friend of a friend's wife had died of cancer and the husband was like he had like a six-figure medical bill to pay and it's like can you imagine on top of your wife dying and then you have to pay posthumously for a treatment I just oh literally literally between our family like we've had so many like incidences and trips to the hospital like either really serious or really trivial and like all that kind of thing and it's like we would just be flat broke. We would not be living in a nice house in the suburbs. Like we would be basically homeless because there is yeah. no way we could have afforded that. And, and the thing is, like, I don't feel crippled by taxes. Like, no. I mean, I try and not look. Obviously, yes. <laughs> it's yes. better yes. to be just trying to pretend they're not happening. But you know, like, but uh, it's not the worst thing, and it's far. I'd much rather pay a couple of grand in taxes than have to pay like. 30 40 50 grand just to get like an x-ray 
insane. What? Did I ever tell you about my rogue x-ray? Wait, no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> about the guy that did the x-ray. No. <laughs> so I used to live in a shared house um, and one of my flatmates was a radiologist we had this big Halloween party one year and I bought loads of disposable cameras to like put around the house to be like <laughs> pick it up take some party pics whatever anyway um as, as some men want to do uh one of them took my disposable camera into the loo with him and proceeded to do a full-on photo shoot with his nether regions oh, now I obviously oh, didn't no. know about this until I went to get the film developed um and then when it came back to me I was faced with many close-up pictures of sort of ginger pubes and oh, oh, no. a member uh oh, and it turns out it oh. was one of one of the radiologists <laughs> anyway I didn't really think much of it I was just kind of like okay kind of embarrassing but fine and then also it's not cheap to develop film like yeah. <laughs> like great I paid seven quid for this like series of dick pics <laughs> I might as well make the most of it <laughs> Yeah, I, I, do I auction them off? Do I create yeah. conceptual art with it? I don't know. So many choices. Anyway, fast forward to a couple of months down the line and I had a suspected lung collapse. So I go into the hospital and uh, when you have a history of my condition, they fast track you for a chest x-ray. Guess who's doing it? No. This stop guy. It. And he looks stop. at me and he's like, hey, do you live with Ellen by any chance? And yeah. I was like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was like yeah yeah I think I came to your came to your Halloween do and I was like yeah and I mean at this point I'm like you know topless under the machine like ah. in paper gown and I was yeah. like shit like I'm not in a position of power right now I was like I need to switch this dynamic and I just went uh yeah you know that's not really why I bought those cameras right like yeah. That's not really what I was intending. And he just went bright red. And he was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so he obviously did remember. Oh, my God, that is hilarious. Oh, anyway, I he was a good sport about it. And ultimately, my chest was fine. So <laughs> a happy ending all around. <laughs> it was just like one of those horrible things of when worlds collide. And you're like, oh, no, 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 this was not meant to happen. <laughs> not what I need right now. I do not need the stress. We oh. also got graced with new taglines. We did. I'm not. Mm. Dorinda's okay. is particularly irksome. And Dorinda's <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> I think we, we're all in agreement. I mean, it just it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean anything. It's a poorly constructed sentence from a technical perspective, and it's just shit. <laughs> it's just meaningless. I once again love Ramona's. Yeah. <laughs> so into that energy who else would I be involved with yeah. <laughs> she's got a point I mean she does she's so on the money I mean you can tell that Ramona's an only child oh yeah you absolutely can and you can also tell that she's like a proper OG at the whole tagline game because she knows exactly what she's doing with them like they're always faultless <laughs> even though Ramona's was basically just a reiteration of her first one as well yeah. but I think Sonia's is basically just the same as it was before just with different words like instead of being like oh I'm not the what was it what was her first one something something like I'm, the whole, whole I, I'm not I'm not a trophy wife I'm the whole lifestyle brand or something yeah 
which is just essentially meaningless. Now she's just, I'm no one's arm candy. I'm the whole bowl of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's just swapping like metaphors for metaphors, isn't it? I mean, she's really obsessed with the fact that she's the whole of something. <laughs> anything. I will take anything. I am all of it. <sighs> uh, we're now in a time of home recorded testimonials as well, which feels very strange. It does. I'm not that into them. I mean, I appreciate that they've worked with what they've got, but like, I'm really not feeling them as much. However, did you spot in Luan's testimonies <laughs> on the shelves behind it? There is just a huge photo of her like, <laughs> lounging on her side. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, but why does so that not surprise me in the slightest? So, so good. It's full classic Luan. <laughs> Yeah, there were some weird interiors. I think Sonia's one looked very strange as well. It did. I mean, that was not the townhouse, was it? No. And then remote um, Dorinda's was also very odd. Yeah. Colourful, feel- but very yeah. kind of thrown together. Yeah, I feel like everything feels like they've just kind of put all of their best furniture behind them and been like, this will do. This is close enough. <laughs> well, no, because Ramona's is like against her kitchen island, which... <laughs> I mean, I guess they have to go with the lighting, but... I suppose, but even so, it just seemed a bit like... I'm not that into it. Again, I appreciate that they're, they're working with what they've got, but I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it was a bit... I, You know what really like threw me off? It's funny, you don't notice these things until you know they change, but it, it was just kind of like the audio levels. Yes, they were so bizarre. Like, they kind of felt like overly sharpened. Like, they didn't have any sort of softness to them at all. They just felt really clunky, like, when you hear, like, somebody in echo. Yeah, like, raw audio. Yeah, like, it was not good. (laughs) And it reminds me of Real Housewives of Johannesburg, because they have, like, similar trials and tribulations with keeping everything feeling like it flows. Yeah. Oh god, I mean that show. That's a whole that's a whole different story. That's a whole other thing. Um so we're back at the Halloween store. Yeah, the I, nth time. I know. I feel like they've kind of milked the the Halloween store vibe to death. Like we get it. You you've bought your own costume. Yeah. I mean, I did like the gratuitous rob time. Oh, like yeah. FaceTime. I did love that though. Like I, I love me some Rob. I know you love you some Rob. <laughs> I was thrilled how much he was in this episode. Do we think that Leah is still into Rob? Yes, a thousand percent. Yes. I mean, I don't know how she couldn't be for a start. But I, <laughs> like, I also just feel like she kind of like. I don't know if it's like met in a romantic sense as such, but I think that she does still love him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, th- oh, I just want them to be together. I think they'd be the ultimate fucking power couple. I just, I want to know what went wrong with them because she says later in the episode that she was 25 when she had Kia and she wasn't ready and she needed to spread her proverbial wings. <laughs> um, so, you know, if that was the case and now they're both a bit older, a bit wiser, a bit more settled, yeah. you know, you kind of, I, I think there's something else that we don't know. Yeah, I think there's got to be something underlying because now they're both like more mature and they're obviously in a much sort of healthier place and everything. It's like, if that's all there was, then why can't it just work now? And like she said, like neither of them have dated anybody else or had anything serious since each other. So it's like, mm, 
There's got to be something there. Yeah, I do think that's kind of n- not a red flag kind of in and of itself, but that that's like a red flag in that I, I don't think you're both over each other if you haven't you know it sounds like such a cliche I don't think you can fully a hundred percent be over someone until you meet that next person you yeah know, I that think so well. serious with that person yeah I agree because I think you always have that thing of kind of you sort of think of it in a sort of slightly wistful like retrospective where you think like oh maybe that was really nice and like maybe you know maybe it could work and maybe this that and the other and then you find somebody else and you're like oh wait no actually like this was this was fine (laughs) this is what it's yeah that's the thing like even if you're kind of over that person and you're you're moving forward I think until you find someone who ticks as many boxes or who ticks more boxes like you say you're always going to be liable to kind of like romanticize it and you're always going to be like oh well was it really that bad and you kind of start to second guess yourself particularly if you're on good terms with that person and I think sometimes you really do need to kind of meet someone to kind of put that back into perspective and be like, oh, no, wait, no, it, it actually wasn't like that. Like, I'm just thinking that way now because I've got some distance from it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I think because sometimes you can kind of, like you say, like, it cannot necessarily be about that person, but you can think like, oh, maybe that relationship was kind of really good. And maybe I was sort of wrong to think that it wasn't working or whatever. And especially when you kind of been single after the fact for like a lot of years like presumably Leah and Rob have been it's kind of natural like you say when you're still friends with them you think well why didn't this work why couldn't we just be together mm-hmm. and then you find somebody else and you're like oh because this is what it should be like and that was just a kind of rose-tinted version of it yeah and it, it's so it's so much easier actually when you fall out with someone because then that rules it out completely and to stay on good terms with someone you know it is a lot harder to kind of do in yeah. the short term I think because it, it kind of leaves you open to that gray area yeah a hundred percent so Dorinda shows up half dressed already in some kind of crow feather fascinator <laughs> um and then Luan joins them and Luan is being so selfless and has decided not to perform this year and just enjoy it <laughs> I love this for her I mean I, I love Luan when she's like on stage and she's giving it the full cabaret experience. But honestly, I just love that she's like, oh, I'll, do, I'll you know, I'll do everybody a favour and I'll, I'll join you at your party. <laughs> I mean, look, how the people are going to react to this news that Luan is not going to be performing, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine they'll feel cheated. There'll be shock, there'll be grief, there'll be confusion. You know, it's going to be like the seven stages. They're going to have to to process everything <laughs> oh I have to say though I mean I know we'll get to it but this party looked insane <gasps> it looked amazing it was the dream <laughs> I when I picture your wedding reception <laughs> I'm not picturing far off that <laughs> incredible oh my god I want like a full seafood tower with octopus just scaling the sides of it <laughs> It looked so good. It looked so good. I mean, they really, they put in the effort, I felt. I mean, I think people can probably forgive Luan for not gracing them with a performance as long as the rest of the display was that sort of theatrical. (laughs) I was going to say, if the budget from the stage hire went into the table decor, then, you know, solid, solid trade-off. 
probably exactly what it was. Luan waved her fee for it. (laughs) Waved her fee for appearing at her own do. (laughs) Her own party. (laughs) So Dorinda tells Luan about the party warehouse and what Ramona was like. And what shocks me is that they still seem to be surprised by Ramona's behavior. I mean, Ramona's repeatedly proved herself to just be an immovable object in that she simply does not change throughout the seasons in character or in quality. Yeah, and I mean, even Leah sort of alludes to it, who hasn't known Ramona for this long, but even Leah's just like, I don't know why these women are still surprised by her behaviour. And I mean, she's right, though. Like you say, it's not changed once in however many seasons we're up to and however many years that's spanned. Ramona has always just been unwaveringly... (laughs) good or bad to a fault like who she is yeah and I mean that's why I think she remains a favorite even though there's so much bad kind of (laughs) stuff that you could say is because at least she kind of knows that she's a trash demon (laughs) I love the word trash demon I know I think it's that thing she's like she's just the right amount of self-aware where she knows that she's frankly a terrible human being But the fact that she's like, yeah, okay, but like, who else am I going to be involved with? Who else am I going to be obsessed with if not myself? And you're kind of like, yeah, I suppose. (laughs) I also think because we saw the stuff with Mario unfold on the show, that that always kind of sweetened her deal a bit for me because I just thought that she was obviously so smitten with him. And when things went south, it it was rough. And I, I think I have like base level empathy for her because of that you know whether that's right of me or not no I agree and I think it's that thing just like as human beings we can so empathize with having something like that like unfold and in such like a an insidious insidious way do you know what I mean it wasn't like they just had the classic you know fell out of love kind of story like obviously there was like cheating and it was all really emotional and you know it's it's hard for that to happen at like her age anyway um, and after such a long marriage that seemed so perfect like everybody else as well so I know I- like in those first few seasons oh. you'd be watching it and you'd be like oh my god they are like the golden couple yeah and you just kind of thought they were one of those couples it would be like Jill and Bobby who were just like immovable and oh. like together forever oh Bobby I love Bobby <laughs> Oh, don't but I'm I'm happy that Jill's found love again I am take well. along I mean, no, I really didn't <laughs> but he seemed cute he did but yeah so I think it was that thing like you kind of you have to have at least a little bit of empathy for her otherwise you're literally just no better off than she is (laughs) yeah you're right rise above rise above and then what I loved about this scene is they subtitle that Luan going oh she's such a narcissist which okay you could hear that audio perfectly clearly so to me I think this was just the editor's way of like subtly underlining the irony of that statement (laughs) I think so too because I had no issues hearing that at all and it was I think it was very much a kind of like fourth wall nod to like oh really Luan (laughs) (laughs) so then we flicked to a Dorinda testimonial and I just had to make a note that the lighting was so weird it made her look sort of face-tuned yeah, I thought that. And it happened with a couple of them as well, where it was like, it was so, so overexposed. I mean, I think Dorinda's was the worst, but I think Sonia's a little bit as well. 
I mean, we're really not one to talk about like the subtleties oh, of technology, but <laughs> we're still going to. I mean, absolutely. We can we can pull it apart without being able to actually do it ourselves. No, of course. <laughs> so then Ramona goes for drinks with Rory, who is her matchmaker. Um, she set her up with Brian Red Scarf Guy. Oh, the return of Red Scarf Guy. I never understood why everybody was so obsessed with him. I okay. <laughs> I mean. You know what I'm going to say. I'm obviously into Brian Red Scarf Guy. It sounds like he didn't follow up with her because she sort of sounded like she had no complaints. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can so see that. I just, I mean, I just didn't get why, like, all of the women, and especially the people where it was, like, Bethany and things as well, like, in those past seasons, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand the appeal. Maybe he's incredibly charming off camera. (laughs) I, I can't remember what he was like in terms of talking, but I just think he's good looking. <laughs> he does he does look very kind of Euro, though. Yeah, I can see that, actually. I can so see that. Like, men in scarves are... I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh, I know. It's an iffy subject. And, I mean, in theory, it should be fine. Like, man's got to warm up, you know? <laughs> I have a chilly neck. It's fine. But there's just something about them I just can't get on board with. I think because I've never seen a good men's scarf yeah you see I think if it was like if it was like a nice Paul Smith scarf it was a man in his 50s and he had like a certain air about him I think I could yeah I think I could get out of that I could see that but I think it's because all I just think of is like sort of cheapy top man ones where they're kind of like a bit thin and threadbare and they just look really sad yeah and it's just it never works it never works as well (laughs) I went to a wedding with my ex once and um he he wanted to wear a scarf or like a kind of cravat kind of thing and I obviously have loads of like vintage ones and I found this like cream silk paisley one and it was it was really objectively nice and he was objectively a very good looking guy but but there's this picture of us and he looks Jewish because of the way that he's got it on oh, and no. it, it looks like one of those I don't know what the name is but you know one of those um Jewish kind of religious garments, like the long uh-huh. scarf with the kind of tassels on either end. You mean where it's like draped around the um the lapel? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. No. around his shoulders like that. Oh, I mean, I was totally not averse to it, but I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I just don't think it was like the general look that he was going for. I think he was thinking more like you know, suave Italian guy, like <laughs> in the high summer in Capri <laughs> in his paisley silk scarf. Only slightly missed the mark then. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like this little Welsh boy. Oh, Bless him. <laughs> and then we get a throwback to Ramona's other date, who mm-hmm. kind of had a sort of slightly Steve Buscemi that had been in the washing machine kind of vibe. <laughs> or maybe like Mr. Clean after like a really bad flu season. Oh, God. He was just insufferable, wasn't he? I mean, I remember that one. And that was just painful painful to watch like he was just not Ramona was he no I mean I hasten to add that I can't think of very many women who would be attracted to that like super intense like slightly douchey energy I can think of so many women that would be attracted to that I'm not saying it's the right thing (laughs) but it's a thing (laughs) it I think it depends on how much your um a kind of ability to argue with someone is tied into your sexual enjoyment of them yeah which 
I'm not gonna lie I it can be intertwined I think oh I mean there's room for it absolutely but for me that tolerance is very low where I'm just like oh just stop talking like <laughs> yeah do you know what I think I think my issue is like the superiority complex yeah that was the vibe I got from him as well where it was so like oh I nearly got married six times but you know I realized why would I want to do that like you just like oh you should be so lucky, dude. <laughs> and also, like, if you don't think monogamy is the way forward, like, why are you using, like, a traditional matchmaking service? Yeah, like, what do you think is going to happen? That like, you're just going to be, like, find all these different women to go on a date with and somehow convince all of them to date you at the same time? I don't think <laughs> that sounds like... exhausting. Yeah, it just sounds like so much effort. Um... So Ramona is fully unable to compromise when it comes to a man in any area. She's like, no, I want someone with money. I want someone handsome. I want someone funny. I mean, do we think that Rory can do it? Do we think that she can find Ramona a match? I mean, I don't I don't have much knowledge of her track record. And I mean, to be fair, Ramona is right. Why should she have to pick? Like, there's no need to settle. You shouldn't have to compromise if you don't really want to. But it does sound like she's looking for some kind of, like, golden egg of a man that doesn't really exist. I I think she needs to let up on the idea of someone with the same net worth as her. Yeah, I think she needs to get over that as well. And I know she said, like, that billionaire had had an issue with the fact that she had, like, a $5 million apartment or whatever. But you think that's probably just one person that's probably plenty of people out there who have a lesser income who aren't threatened by money and like successful women you just yeah and you can be like you can be like very successful and have like a very good salary without being like a multi-millionaire as well I I just think yeah yeah. I I I mean I get what she means like I can imagine that actually it does put off a lot of men that she kind of had all of this for herself. And I mean, she made her money early on in life as well. She must have been in her late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, and it's very much her money. It's not like family money or marital money. It's her money, which I can't imagine is a little bit off-putting for a lot of men. But like you say, they don't have to be millionaires. Like, There's plenty of people out there who have really, really well-paying jobs. And I mean, they're probably not that rare that they've got a decent job, especially in somewhere like New York. So I don't think she should struggle that much with it, but she needs to let go of this idea that they have to be like a multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah, because like she can afford the lifestyle. So, yeah. I mean, it is crazy to me that men would be intimidated by a woman who's got her own five million flat apartment. Yeah. But, but you know, that they'd rather she had that, you know, as the result of a divorce or something, you know, that that would somehow be better. It is kind of crazy, but. Why is it so threatening that she earns the money? No idea. <laughs> she, I mean, Ramona does have BDE. Well, well she does yeah. massively. <laughs> Ramona is the epitome of BDE. So Elise and Sonia are discussing Ramona. Um, they're kind of at a little dinner together. And Elise is kind of wondering why Ramona is sort of taking distance from her. And she speculates that kind of... Because is Elise getting divorced or was she divorced? Because she kind of said, oh, now I don't have access to these things anymore. It feels like I'm being frozen out. Yeah, yeah. I was getting, I think she's divorced because I think when we first met her at that Hamptons party, Sonia was saying something like, oh, you used to be the trophy wife. You know, you had the, the rich husband or whatever. So I think she's divorced. But I feel like we don't know much about Elise. 
Yeah, and I wondered if after Tinsley went, whether she would take more of a central role. Um, I mean, I think it's really funny. Everyone now online is like, oh my God, Elise is the only voice of reason. I'm like, I feel vindicated because we've liked her from the start. Exactly. We've been team Elise literally since the very beginning. And I was thinking that too. I wonder if they're gearing up to be a housewife because this seemed like a lot of focus on like her perspective and Mm. a lot of focus on like her issues with Ramona which I'm not sure we would usually get as a friend of I think we could do worse than to have Elise as another housemate on the cast housemate (laughs) (laughs) big brother as another housewife on the cast because she she does bring that very centered energy to things yeah and I think it's the one thing that's sort of missing from the New York housewives is somebody who's like super grounded because obviously Leah is to a degree but then obviously as soon as she starts drinking, that kind of goes out the window. Whereas I think you almost need somebody that's got like Elisa's energy. And I think that's where Bethany came into play quite a lot as well, apart from being funny and sort of upfront and honest. She was also very grounded, no matter how much was, you know, being drunk and things like that. She was always very sort of like fair and honest and like aware of her surroundings, which I think is what we need from like Elise. Yeah, and we we don't really get it from Leah. Like, even when Bethany, like you say, was acting out or drunk, she was always calling out something where there was truth at the centre of it. So, you know, her life isn't a cabaret monologue. Yeah. Yes, that was unhinged, but she was actually speaking what everyone was thinking yeah. with regards to that situation. Whereas with Leah, when she drinks, I feel like she just kind of descends into chaos and nonsense and that's fine but like you say we need some balance in the cast to kind of provide a counter to that and I just felt with this episode with that party in particular you know I mean Ramona didn't even play into any of it Ramona was just kind of like a wall and you know things just kind of descended into you know sort of everything (laughs) but nothing yeah yeah that was kind of exactly what I got from it as well. It was like, I felt like so much happened. And then looking back on it, I was like, well, nothing really happened. And yet it felt like everything. Yeah, it was It was a weird, I mean, it was a weird edit. And what do you think of Sonia and Ramona's relationship then? Because to me, Sonia has Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I very much get that from, from Sonia. And I think, again, like, like throughout this episode as well, like especially towards the end, it feels like she's kind of, this is all stuff that she's always had an issue with with Ramona, but she's never either acknowledged it or wanted to act on it. And now that other people are doing it, she's kind of just like in the background, like going, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that happened to me as well. But you can tell there's not really conviction behind it. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. But I think you're right with the Stockholm syndrome. She's that very much kind of deluded energy where she just apologizes for her and makes excuses for it every given moment when really out of everybody Sonia should has the right to be more pissed off than anybody yeah and I I think Sonia I think there is something kind of deeply unsettled about Sonia and I think the fact that she kind of anchors herself to Ramona that much as an emotional crutch is proof of that and I think that you know I mean I I like their dynamic I like them on the show but I think if she really wanted to practice and I hate this term but self-love yeah she would have cut Ramona loose a long time ago (laughs) and I think it's almost like the slight differences it feels like Sonia needs Ramona a whole lot more than Ramona needs Sonia do you know what I mean and they have a very sort of unbalanced dynamic where 
you get the sense that like Ramona, you know, she said she says earlier on as well, she's like, Oh, I've got my girlfriends, like I don't need a man, I don't need a relationship. Whereas I feel like Sonia uses it almost like a surrogate. Yeah, yeah. I mean they sleep in the same room when they go away together, and I'm not insinuating they have kind of a romantic aspect to it, but I, I completely agree. It's it's like a stand-in. I mean, when has Sonia actually dated someone? Yeah, and she always kind of, she gives off this vibe of like, oh, I don't want to date, I'm carefree, you know, I just kind of want to have wild sex and go to parties and do all this kind of stuff. But she kind of seems like she's getting sadder and sadder as the seasons go on. Yeah, I completely agree. I kind of just get this sort of like mopey, slightly disillusioned vibe from her where it's like, I don't really feel like it's genuine anymore. I think she would love to be married and settled down and things like that. She just can't seem to find it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Just a fashion note on this little scenelet as well. I love just the sheer power of Elise's popped collar. Did you get that? She looked like a vampiress. It was amazing. No, I totally missed that, but I can so envisage it on her. It was like a burgundy shirt with like a really stiff popped collar and she just had her like raven black hair. Looked amazing. So so good. I love her. So then we go to Hannah and Dorinda who are going for a hot dog at a deli. Hannah really has the energy of like an older woman living out on an estate somewhere in Northumberland who's just gone mad like many years ago um, but is always like decked out you know will like wear her diamonds to go and like I don't know dig turnips. Yes oh my god no that is literally the perfect description of Hannah so I like really like Hannah and I don't understand how she's Dorinda's daughter, but I also get that kind of slightly mad eccentric vibe from her. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like Hannah would. I I feel like she's got a Britishness about her. Yes, she does. She absolutely does. She just seems like an eccentric, and she just seems like she's kind of an older soul trapped in a younger body, which I like. I do as well. I can I can fuck with that. She's also wearing like a head to toe Gucci and keeps her sunglasses on even indoors. I know, which is energy I truly aspire to have. Um, we find out that Dorinda's desert island item is Hellman's mayonnaise. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm with her on this. Like, like mayonnaise goes on pretty much everything. <gasps> they used to do a limited edition wasabi mayonnaise. Oh, that sounds incredible. Faith, it was amazing. I they discontinued it because I was probably the only person buying it. Um, it was so good. I mean, that with pizza. Oh, I can't believe that passed me by. That sounds phenomenal. I might just try and make my own. I mean, if you bought yeah. wasabi paste, you could probably just. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You couldn't just make it yourself I'm sure that would be a thing so my ex was scared of mayonnaise and it was like a real problem <laughs> so I could like never have any in the house and then once I get I was trying to get it in for some reason and I like airplayed a video of industrial like mayonnaise churners on a big flat screen tv and he like legitimately got really angry at me <laughs> when you say scared of mayonnaise you don't mean like doesn't like it or maybe a bit allergic to it you mean he has an actual fear of mayonnaise yeah I mean I don't know if it's like yeah I would say like phobic in that he had like such a severe physical revulsion to it that he couldn't look at it he would like gag if he was anywhere near it oh that's so bizarre I've never heard of that 
I don't know what that's based on. What kind of trauma did you have in a childhood like incident? Okay, so <laughs> Oh my god, is there so, a... I... <laughs> so I think I think so he told me once that he used to his parents used to take him to like McDonald's mm-hmm. when he was younger as a treat, but he used to like eat until he was like physically sick which okay number one just how terrible are kids like I know this lockdown has pushed me so much more firmly towards that I don't ever want to have a baby camp yeah Uh, so he would literally eat himself into like (laughs) he was like vomiting and was not averse to mayonnaise before that so I reckon it's like a link with that memory (laughs) it's why I can no longer drink um you know skittles like the drink you get what no oh my god you never had a skittles Mm-mm. oh my god lou and you've been living in newcastle the shame of it all what is I mean, it is it skittles flavored it's like it's some kind of weird it's basically fucking like bright green and it's right. like orange juice and some kind of blue curacao i never know how to pronounce that um and then like a load of just like different like alcohols and things like that in it and i mean it's literally it just tastes like sugar and orange juice basically it's wild but I used to drink them loads when I was like first started going out because I was like you know couldn't drink like proper drinks and things so I was like this just tastes like this is fine <laughs> and I drank so many of them once and I came home from a night out and I was sick and I could taste all the drinks that I drank like almost like in reverse so I was like oh that was a shot of Sambuca and then I was sick oh, again no, like, and then the last one was like the skills and it was like so bad and it was bright green and I was so ill and it was just like now even the smell of them just knocks me sick. That is, so yeah, I, I get that. I have that with martini risotto. Oh, I've never had one of those either. Oh, it, where it's just like a pre-mixed like kind of vermouth. Oh, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Not the one. I have not been sick from drinking in years, though, which no, me I'm either. very proud of. But, <laughs> oh, God, the last time I did, <laughs> this is so bad. I went to stay with my friend in London who lives in this beautiful flat in Kensington. She's, um like, older than me. And we went to the Chelsea Arts Club, which oh, is, like, God. a members-only club. You're not allowed to have your phone or anything. Mm. we ended up there's like this teepee in the garden we ended up in the teepee with this like 80 year old poet who was like hot boxing <laughs> with her sheesh that's what he called it and decided he was gonna read us his poems and they were so bad and we were just like kind of drinking to get through it and then I came home we had so much white wine came home she went to bed I went to bed I was staying in her like son's room and I just remember waking up and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I need to get to the loo. And I didn't make it. And I puked all over the hallway in this, like, no. multi-million pound Kensington flat, right? And uh, thank God it was, like, a hardwood floor. And I, I cleaned it all up in my state still. Oh, my God. You are and a I, Honestly, I set an alarm for, like, 4 a.m. that morning to, like, go back and clean it up again. <laughs> and honestly... Sense. I mean, her 16-year-old daughter was also, like, sleeping. Like, I mean, she must have heard. I reckon she probably heard and woke up. But I cleaned it all up. And, like, she never mentioned anything. Oh, she's she's a good child. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if my friend, like, noticed or whatever. Like, the thing is, she had already said, because I had to leave early in the morning, she was like, look, just go. Like, don't worry. Like, you know, um, 
whatever yeah so then you know it's not like I had to kind of hang around to like say goodbye <laughs> I just left and I, I sent her a message being like oh thank you so much for letting me stay and then I was like I'll see if she mentions anything and she never yeah. did so I'm like oh thank god I hope I got away <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was so bad but like what a funny night I love that I absolutely love that yeah it's been a while since I was like sick from drinking yeah it's not it's not the one <laughs> it's not the way to go um so Dorinda oh did you notice this by the way like in the deli as they're eating on the counter Dorinda has bought a stand for her phone and like put it on the table oh my as God, they yes, were eating this. it's like a weird little like almost like what you like hold um sheet music on yeah phone is it a charging one maybe I don't think so. I think it was just a phone sound. It was weird. It was like they were going to FaceTime someone from the deli. I don't know. I mean, I'm here for it. Like Maybe she just doesn't like putting them on the counter. <laughs> she was pre-COVID already thinking of yeah. these things. So then we get quite an emotional scene. Do we think that her bidding off John was the right thing to do? I think I, I do agree with it. You know, I'm not a huge Dorinda fan, but I do think that it was the right thing for her. Yeah, I think she maybe needed just some some time by herself to get some perspective. Yeah, I think so too. And it was really nice what Hannah said where she was like, oh, I actually sort of admire you more now because you're like, you're independent. You're just sort of looking after yourself and taking care of what you need and stuff. And I was like, I mean, I can respect that. Mm, yeah. We just need to see it, like, we need to see that happiness kind of trickle down and translate into how she's going to treat other people. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing, is, like, Dorinda feels like the epitome of, like, our hot tub philosophy, where it's, like, great in theory, as long as you don't <laughs> too hard about it. So it's, like, Dorinda as, like, a concept is great. Like, she's, like, really strong and independent, and, you know, she's been through these hardships, and she's came over it, and you know she's quite funny and she seems like she has all the makings of just being a really great person and then like in practice she's just such trash (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just kind of like grimy and like you don't really feel good about it (laughs) and you kind of get into it thinking like yeah this would be good I'm so like into this and then it happens you're like oh no get me out get me out it was a mistake (laughs) yeah I feel dirty (laughs) Oh, so then we go to Leah, Rob and Kia in Chinatown. They look like such a cool family. I do think, okay, Rob does have a slightly odd voice though. Like I am willing to say that. And he's always kind of like hunched over. Yeah, he needs better posture. He needs to project more when he's talking. (laughs) (laughs) How old do we think he is, by the way? I'm thinking like late 40s. Yeah, I was going to say I get kind of like late 40s from him. I don't think he's any younger than that, but I don't kind of get a mid 50s vibe. No, he's there's no way he's in his 50s. No, definitely not. I think he's probably around the sort of 47 mark. Yeah, he oh, he looks like a 47. Yeah, like a good strong 47. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Kia made me laugh in this cuz she's kind of like owning Leah because yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Why did you not go to college? <laughs> Would you not have gotten in?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, I would have." <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean you can tell like she's very sharp yeah I think Kia is gonna grow up to be possibly one of the the smartest kids ever like she's gonna be so fucking savvy and so like unafraid of being herself like I truly think she's got like one of the best like upbringings possible yeah I I think she's gonna be very um she'll hold her own that's for sure 100% 
so Rob is kind of straight talking with Leah. He obviously feels like he can and he's not really indulging Leah in her delusions. I mean, to me, it's obvious that Leah's got some really deep rooted resentment towards her mother that remains unresolved. And I, I don't think that it can all stem from them sending her away. I think there must be something else there. There's something that she's unable to get over. Yeah, I think it sounds like Leah was like a very sort of difficult, complex child and like teenager. Like obviously we know she already got sent off to like the nunnery and she got like arrested, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But she obviously had like a super... It's a true Coco Chanel biography. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like there's so much happening, but I do feel like there's definitely some kind of resentment that's so directed at her mother that she doesn't seem to have for her dad at all. Maybe she's just too similar to her mother. Yeah. And that's that's why they clash. Yeah, I can see that. I can absolutely see that. But it was I mean, really- I do... Sorry. No, no, go on. I was going to say, I do... Like, when I think about the things that really kind of annoy me and the stuff that gets to me, like, there's not much that annoys me more than being patronised. Yeah. And I can maybe see Leah as a similar kind of person where she's like, I will take a lot of things but I cannot take being patronised. And I don't know, maybe that's where the issue lies. Yeah, because maybe her mum feels like she needs to be sort of babied a little bit because she's not, you know, behaving like an adult or how she thinks an adult should behave. And I imagine Leah's probably one of those people where she's like, talk to me like a grown-up, like don't speak to me like a child kind of thing. I mean, I this is a thing. I agree with the mother. I don't think yeah. it's unfounded, but I'm just kind of trying to look at it from Leah's point of view, even if it is kind of a solid basis for saying, be careful with the drinking. You know, I think Leah just resents the fact that someone is kind of trying to tell her what the best thing is for her, you know, yeah. regardless of whether that's justified or not. Yeah, I think that's very much where it stems from. I think Leah's just like one of these people where she doesn't matter who's trying to tell her or what they're trying to tell her, or even if she agrees with them or not, I think she's the kind of person where as soon as somebody tries to tell her to do something, she just immediately like pushes back against it. Yeah, like a contrarian. Yeah, definitely. But I do kind of love that uh, Rob was just like, oh yeah, your mum's like my mum. And I was like, oh guys, (laughs) work it out. I know, I know, please. (laughs) make me believe in love again (laughs) so we now go to the party and like you say it just looks amazing it's like a voodoo festival it's got like slight hints of like a pagan burning man to it I that big cross made of the pink skulls like I would have that at my wedding 1000% (laughs) I'm going to put this out there, okay? The best shot of the entire season was just the assistant combing the goat's beard hair. <laughs> I mean, they'll really have to work hard to top that. So good. I just love those little glimpses of things that if you took them out of context, you just wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, like there would be nothing for them. Like, But I was that thing, it was like the whole table set up, I was like, oh... Is the head of the goat maybe a bit too far? Like the fact that they've just left all the brains and everything in it. But then I was kind of like, when you saw it in situ, I was like, no, this works. I love this. I mean, the women. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's been out for days either. It's fresh. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you know, the thing is, Ramona's like, oh, this is disgusting. And it's like, well, that is where meat comes from. Yeah, like it's literally the same. Like, fair enough enough if you were a vegan, I can understand, or a veggie, like you would not want to be in that kind of 
party decor environment that I understand but if you're eating meat anyway it's like ah come on grow up exactly and it is that thing like it is Halloween like it's not like they've just invited you on for a lovely like park avenue dinner and whacked a goat head on the table (laughs) I mean if my mother was in charge of decor I remember one so we had to stop using Christmas trees quite a while ago because Gucci would just scale them and it was just a nightmare so so one year I came home and we had a a Christmas totem pole which was just a lamp base like a baroque lamp base with lights wrapped around it um, and an angel on the top and I was like okay and then the next year I came home and it had escalated to like a Christmas fox so I've got this taxidermy fox that's like standing on its hind legs with like a little cane and then that had been wrapped in lights <laughs> and it, it she loved the kind of paganism of it so oh god I think I, I literally just wait to meet your mom Oh, I'm so excited for you to meet her. <laughs> I already love her so much. It'll be good. So, okay, I didn't understand Ramona's costume with respect to voodoo. Like, to me, this was yeah, elfin or, queen. Yeah, or maybe even a kind of, like, Neptune sea queen, but nothing <laughs> about it said No, I'm sorry, to me, this was so, like, Celtic. Yes. <laughs> it's very I- river dance. Yes, and, like, the fact that she even had to look up voodoo for a start, and then that was what she came up with. And the fact that she had the audacity to be like, oh, well, I had to buy Sonia's costume because I haven't liked her costumes recently. It's like, look what you are wearing. (laughs) Yeah, and she rolled up with um, Missy of (gasps) Missy and Tom infamy. I mean, it would be bad enough bringing her to any party that Lou would be at, much less to bring her to a party that Lou was hosting. You don't do that shit. Like, invite her to wherever it was that you're trying to go afterwards. It's... I she she doesn't think about these things I I don't even know that she did this to inflame anything that's the wild thing I think it's that thing it either crossed her mind and she decided that she didn't care or it never even occurred to her that it might be an issue (laughs) I don't know which is worse to be fair (laughs) now Ron on the other hand really did the occasion justice he went all out and I love somebody that commits to a costume this heavily I mean, you know, you know my penchant for Sandoval. Yes. Oh, it was such Sandoval vibes. Oh, just a guy liner. Yeah. <laughs> just give me guy liner or give me death. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to make sure that's engraved in your tombstone, Lou. <laughs> guy liner or death. <laughs> well, on that occasion, yeah. I would have chosen death. <laughs> Dorinda, Elise and Sonia are heading in together and Sonia is already totally unhinged in the taxi. I mean, I feel like as friends, she should have got into the taxi that and they should have been like, no, go home. Like, this is too much. Or at least have been like, we need to sober you up somehow. I also felt like the dichotomy between her face in the testimonials and her face at this party was quite shocking like she was not looking great at this party she had that kind of bloated kind of drink face yeah and that was the thing it was like I couldn't really figure out how much of it was alcohol related and how much of it was maybe that she'd had some work done possibly that day and was still like recovering from it but it did start to look a little bit kind of like that alcoholic bloat that you get when you drink too much Mm, yeah I, I sh- and I think her makeup 
she said she had a glam team there that she was drinking with. <laughs> I'm not sure, given her makeup, that that's entirely true. I mean, maybe they were just as drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would explain it. And then, oh, Faith, Ramona poking that man's stomach, thinking it was part of the costume. <laughs> oh, God, Lou, I died. I died so much. It was so awful. And she was just like, oh, where did you buy this porn from? And he's like, oh, relationship. She's like, no, no, but where did you buy it from? And he was like, what? <laughs> oh. I mean, he did try and style it out. I mean, he was a good sport about he, it. He was, he was a very good sport about it. He laughed that shit off and he made it a joke and made it all fine. But my God, if I'd have been Ramona, I'd have died. If I'd have been him, I'd have died. <laughs> have you ever done something that embarrassing I can't think of anything off the top of my head but I'm also one of these people where I will not just say things out loud unless I've gone through them like 4,000 times in my head and kind of (laughs) sussed out every eventuality of how it might possibly be perceived (laughs) I wish I had that filter (laughs) I will literally go and say something like oh hi how are you doing I'm like does that sound too formal maybe it should be more casual oh I don't be too casual because I've really just met them so like how should I say this? And you'll just kind of be like, oh, hi. <laughs> I like how you're just workshopping lines <laughs> constantly. I have relentless conversations in my head with myself to see how they sound. <laughs> I, I mean, I rehearse arguments. Oh. I, I'm still rehearsing lines of like things I should have said six months ago. Yeah. Like, shit, like, why don't I say that? <laughs> like, like, my relationship that broke up like four years ago. I'm like, God, wouldn't have that been a great closing line? <laughs> yeah. I have no regrets on my like last word for my last thing, which was just a meme, a custom meme to sum up oh, how I felt. Well, it's even better. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Um, so Jill kind of shows up in this episode, but she she didn't really feature. Um, we get like a little wave, like Gary's like hi <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Oh, at one point Leah's getting a facial massage while her hair's being curled. And there's just nothing that I pine for more. No, I've literally I've had like a massage um like voucher thing that I got for Christmas that I was like planning on using around this time and then obviously everything happened and now I'm just like I'm not wasting it on like the first one back when I'm gonna be all like self-conscious about things being dirty. I was like, I'm just gonna save that shit. And truly I cannot wait for the day that I get that massage. Oh, it's going to be good. I was meant to be going for my Botox for my jaw on Friday and they've had to push it back. So they thought they were going to open up like aesthetics because I get it done at the aesthetics clinic, even though it's like for a medical reason. Um, So, yeah, so God knows when they're going to open things. But it's crazy that you can like go to the pub with like a bunch of people, but you can't go into like a clinical sterile environment with like trained professionals bizarre and this is the issue that me and Greg are having at the minute obviously with Greg being in tattooers and they've opened up like hairdressers and they've opened up pubs and they've opened up like shops and all of that and yet Greg whose job is literally like he wears gloves all day everywhere every day he's like trained in like um blood infections and things like that like everything is bleached within an inch of its life the second somebody set like stands up off the table like everything is so like medically sterile but they can't open it's bizarre I, I think in the next few weeks, though. 
I would have given so. the green light. They have to. They have to. I mean, there's no logic to it otherwise. No, it's just ludicrous. But um, I am getting a haircut next week, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> That'd be fun. Are you going to do anything colour-wise? Or... Yeah, well, so it's really lucky. Like, I'm actually getting it free, like, through the magazine. Like, Laura messaged me, like, oh, are you kind of hairdresser loyal? Or would you be up for a free haircut? And I was like, I've had my haircut once in like 10 years. So sign me up. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. So are you going to do a review? Yeah, so I'm just kind of going to cover it on like Instagram stories and things like that. But I asked her if she would have a look at my hair and see if she could get like a blonde chunk at the front just so I can dye it like fun colours. Just oh. so I can have a little bit, of, little bit of fun over the summer until presumably like my wedding next year and then I'll just dye it back to normal. Unless yeah, I love that. Case. <laughs> oh my god okay I'm excited to see the results Same. so Sonia at this party is a woman possessed I mean I think okay this is my proposal for Sonia going forward to give her to give her a reason a, a raison d'etre in life okay I think we give Sonia a full-on marionette setup yeah. get her like a little traveling show and just let her do puppet-based improv for the rest of her days I mean, I mean, I, I would watch whatever she came up with. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> when she just goes, I do love you, bitch, but you're an ass. It's <laughs> great. I, I mean, I have that sentiment for so many people. Oh, God. I mean, truly, I don't think anybody can relate to anything more. <laughs> but just the level of slurred drunkenness that Sonia was exhibiting throughout the rest of this episode was insane yeah it, it again it was a bit much because it kind of tipped into the unintelligible and the chaotic yeah and it just dilutes the point so much like this is the thing I always think is when these women start screaming at each other when they're like half cut you just think you've got such valid points and you spoiled it now now you can never go back and have this discussion because you've just made it look so trivial <laughs> I like that Luann kind of co-signs our love for Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I love that she was just like, oh, he's, he's quite handsome, isn't he? <laughs> and now the other thing that I have to comment on with regards to this party is something that I can't unsee. I can't check out from the sexual tension between Sonia and Leah. Yes. Oh, my God. Right. I'm so glad you brought this up because we had a repeat of that thing that happened in the Hamptons where they looked like they were still in that sort of like struggle of are we going to make out or are we going to punch each other and nobody knows it could happen at any second I fully screamed when Sonia just goes we're artists (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'd love to know what she's basing that on I just, yeah, but it's one of those statements that makes absolutely no sense, but also makes perfect sense. They they are artists. <laughs> they have bohemian souls. I mean, that is so very true. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's the way that they're kind of up close in each other's face. Like you say, there's that like really fine line between the sensuality and the aggression. And they're talking about reeling each other in and yeah (laughs) I mean I just don't know what to do with it like I just I just don't know what to do with like the sexual chemistry that they're exuding like I don't know how I feel about it I don't know which way I want it to go like (laughs) I'm I'm here for whichever way it needs to go I mean I love that we're having a gay affair in Beverly Hills yes I mean it's all really happening isn't it 
I, I'm just I'm liking this idea of people being a bit more open with their sexuality and not even in a way of like I'm bisexual because actually I think a lot of these women wouldn't describe themselves as that I don't think Sonia would describe herself as that I don't know if she has no but I just like this whole thing of like I'm not gonna label it yeah and I'm just enjoying the kind of fluidity that they're all sort of exuding now and I don't know if it's just because they're all kind of ticking on a little bit and they're kind of just like yeah now's my chance to like experience this or time to explore this like you know I've been in this like stale ass marriage for god knows how long and now's my time (laughs) it would be a true left of field moment if Ramona had like a girl on girl experience I don't think that would ever happen but either I don't think Ramona likes women enough just as a concept (laughs) no but then part of me is like I don't know maybe Maybe I can see her shacking up with sort of some like high flying female professor of archaeology or something. And I would love to know. It would be really good for her. (laughs) So, Ramona, when she's confronted with all of this, and kind of Dorinda does this very messy speech. uh, it oh, was it was odd I mean Ramona kind of goes for the cold shoulders she's not her usual confrontational self part of me wonders if she already had these parties she wanted to get to and when she kind of saw what was going on she felt like she could use that as an excuse so she didn't kind of fight back and just decided to kind of shrink away yeah, yeah. how much of it was kind of just trying out a new coping mechanism for Dorinda and her drunkenness as well but I mean I've notice this thing as well that Dorinda does all the time where Dorinda just comes up with like a theory about something and then she puts it forward like it's the truth and then accuses the other person of lying so like when she was going on at Ramona about like saying Ramona wasn't paying for the party that she's having and it was like she's not really based that on anything she's based that on the notion that they went to this warehouse thing and had a photo op but now she's created this narrative where Ramona's not paying for that party she's getting it for free she's getting it for free and Ramona's like no I am paying for it and she's like why are you lying why are you lying and it's exactly what she did with Tinsley yeah and it's just like cherry picking a narrative yeah she literally just fabricates things and then accuses the other person of lying about them <laughs> which is so wild to me it, it's weird as well because Dorinda didn't seem particularly drunk at this point or at least we didn't get kind of those indications you know like oh she's starting you know that kind of lead up to things it was just like everyone sits down Dorinda stands up bangs glass so it, it was a bit I don't know it just felt odd I don't know why no and I thought that too it felt like we kind of went not to 100 with not very much in between yeah and it it looked like um this whole party was going on during the day yeah I thought as well it was like very much daylight and considering this is meant to be like late October in New York it's definitely dark by then yeah so I don't know if that had something to do with it I I felt I'm pretty sure it was daylight outside um which kind of maybe spoke to the inherent weirdness of it all (laughs) I don't know there was something about this party scene that was just a bit strange I I can't put my finger on what it was it didn't feel like other parties that they had filmed no it felt a little bit off and I'll tell you what's really weird I've seen loads of stuff of other people speculating about why they took the break and then came back with new taglines and things like that and I've seen loads of people like speculating that they've done some kind of like crisis management about something or they've kind of 
had to take the break to like they've used the editing as like a um an excuse mm-hmm. uh, because they actually needed to re you know to fix something or to try and make something like, disappear or whatever now obviously this is all just speculation I don't know how much is true obviously we had the preview of like what's presumably going to be the last episode of Leah at Ramona's birthday where Ramona's like stop filming stop filming maybe it's something to do with that or maybe it's completely unrelated and it's just people getting overexcited <laughs> yeah I don't know I just hmm. weird. like this whole scene felt kind of convoluted I mean the whole thing with the Tinsley sudden departure and stuff like you say was yeah. just quite odd yeah like everything just feels like I don't know like it's not how it usually is and I also don't know if we're just like massively overanalyzing yeah. things because we're so kind of locked down brain, you know, that we're noticing these things that maybe, you know, if life was going on as normal, we wouldn't be sort of fussed by. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it is just that. And maybe it is that kind of like, oh, just reading so much into things just because we're desperate for something to be exciting. <laughs> I did laugh at Leah getting Sonia to meet Rob while she's just clutching a whelk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, it really just unraveled. And I have to say as well, like, the Ramona confessional where she's talking about Elise and she's saying, like, oh, I don't know why Elise is doing this. And Avery just wanders past, like, not wasting your energy on Elise, mom. God. Was so bizarre. I I like it when they break the fourth wall. Yeah, I mean, I do as well. But I also, I don't know what it is. And I feel bad saying this about somebody who's, I was going to say a child, but she's not anymore. But like, (laughs) she's literally our age. Yeah, right. So it's fine then. I fucking hate Avery. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know enough about her. I just, there's just something about her. She has this like really overly entitled, like horrible air about her. And I can't put my finger on what it is. I mean, like, was she ever going to be not I mean, entitled? That's very true. But, like, but then, this, you know, I feel like Bryn is not going to be like that. No, not at all. I don't and I feel like Kira is not going to be like that. No. And I even think, like, Alison, like, Jill's daughter is very rounded and normal from what I can remember. Mm. There's something about Avery where I'm just like, she just seems like such a spoiled brat. Yeah, well, I think the way that they've acted throughout quarantine... Yeah. That speaks to them as like a, a horrible family unit. <laughs> oh god! I feel like COVID entered Ramona's body and was like, "This is a hostile environment." <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> and she just bounced back effortlessly. Ramona is the antibody. <laughs> Ramona is the cure. <laughs> oh god. I think to summarise, Rob said it best. Um, I don't know how my life ended up like this, but here we are. (laughs) And isn't that a sentiment that we can really all share in? Oh, 100%. I think we can all empathise with that at the minute. And I think we finally just finished on the scene of Sonia just cradling her voodoo dolls on the dance floor. Just (laughs) by herself alone. (laughs) I'm telling you, Sonia as puppet master... A way to go. I can see it. It would work. I think we should patronise it now. (laughs) In my office block on the top floor, there's a guy that just makes puppets, which I just find base level so creepy. And he got like tens of thousands of pounds of funding to do like a puppet festival one year. Awful. I truly can't imagine anything worse. 
there's something so creepy about them. There's like a traveling puppet show in Belgium called Les Guignols. Mm-hmm. And I remember going as a child and just being like thoroughly traumatized by the whole thing. And it, it was very, you know, it was very French. It was like, <laughs> you know, no awesome. attempts made to be sort of child friendly or like <laughs> not terrifying in any way. Oh, I love that. I mean, it would freak the fuck out of me. I have a real thing with like dolls and puppets. They just kind of unsettle me and I don't know why. Yeah, like I've always loved Barbies. Like Barbies are my dolls of choice, but I can't deal with like even just like regular like plastic baby doll. Like I never ever as a child wanted to play with like a baby doll. No, I had one of those baby borns for a while, but it was the same thing. Just kind of made me like a bit unsettled and it's probably what contributed so massively to my utter loathing of children now (laughs) yeah I know and that's the thing like now I look at it I mean I guess you could criticize Barbies for plenty of reasons but I'm like isn't that weird that we're like getting girls to like take on the role of like breeders and mothers like such a young age as kids training them to feed them and push them in a pram like oh and I remember seeing an advert where it was like wow really peas and poos yes. <laughs> and it's like yes ah, you want I don't that? want that <laughs> <laughs> like why is this something to aspire to no no it never never did it for me that I don't understand it and on that bombshell <laughs> You can follow Faith on Instagram at Faith underscore Elizabeth, two H's in the Faith. You can check out her writing work, www.faithrichardson.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at Louisa G. Rogers. And my website is louisarogers.net. Or you can take a look at my clothing website at trendlister.com. You can also follow Bravo and the Brits on Instagram at Bravo and the Brits, which we'll be trying to update um, as things go on. So, yeah. Oh, I need to confess to you about a coat that I bought. Oh, God, tell me everything. Did I tell you the Versace one? Yeah, Uh yeah, the yellow fluffy one. Uh